can make it through a Degrassi viewing podcast. I'm your veteran, Donnie. I'm your uh, just tired neophyte, Frank. And today we're taking a look at Degrassi, The Next Generation, Season 5, Episodes 15 and 16, Our Lips Are Sealed. A uh, quick content warning before we get into this one. There are quite a few. Um, we are going to be talking about eating disorders pretty explicitly because of the A plot. We are also going to be touching upon fat phobia, hospitalization, ableism, and cheating. Um, so this is... Uh, uh, these are... Uh, uh, oh, yes? Sorry. Sorry. I also just want to throw in a little bit of homophobia. Yes. Yes. We'll probably touch upon that a little bit. There's... It's... This is a tough episode, episode pair of episodes. Um, so if you need to sit out, I do not blame you nor judge you whatsoever because these were pretty tough episodes to get through because of the content. It took us two hours. <laughs> yeah, we there was like we got through the first episode pretty pretty okay, and then like the second episode we got five minutes in, and then we took like an hour long break basically of just pulling up whatever bullshit we could to to not. <laughs> Degrassi, could you not? Yeah, it's just, it's tough. I mean, we'll talk about it. Um, I mean, before we get too far into how Degrassi can you not, we should probably introduce what we're trying to get them to not. Um, so, Frank, if you can give us our plots for this episode. Okay. The A plot is Snake is trying to figure out how to... The, the girls and, Sn and Snake are trying to figure out how to basically repair Snake and Spike's marriage. Um, the girls are, by the, excuse me, by the girls, I mean Emma and Manny. Um, they're trying to figure out how to repair that marriage. Meanwhile, Emma and Manny are both kind of um, dealing with, um, they're, they're looking for control in their lives, and that becomes an eating disorder. Um, and then that's the the B plot becomes the A plot in the second part. Uh, the B plot in the second part is that Hazel and Alex are trying to make nice with each other to make Paige happy because they do not care for each other. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a wild ride and we're just going to kind of take it straight through because yep. it's. Everything's so intertwined. It's really true. Um, and I think we've been having this happen consistently where um, these episodes are just written very tightly, structurally, probably the most structurally sound episodes, um, which I think will be an interesting thing to talk about when we get to the end of the season. Um, because I feel like I'll talk more at the end of the season about how I feel about this layout. I feel like I like the layout as a viewer, but I also feel less attached to the characters. It's very interesting and complicated, honestly. Yeah. Um, like, because we're, we're roaring towards the end. We have only two episodes before the ending. I can't fucking believe it. I, like, didn't realize it until, like, um, I think off air at some point, Frank was like, oh, yeah, we got to figure out what we're doing in between seasons. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what do you mean we have to plan in between seasons? It didn't help that, like, we had a lot of stuff going happening when we were doing season, like, the last season. So, like, it took a little longer for us to get through that season. But this one has also just been incredibly breezy for a variety of reasons. And it's just like, oh, we're almost done. Huh. For me, it feels both long and short, where I'm just like, wow, we're here already? But, like, it feels like it's been forever. <laughs> a lot of shit happened. 
<laughs> our lives are complicated and strange but well uh, that and also the characters also have lived long long complicated lives like, uh, like there's stuff I've, I've i was thinking back to the beginning of the season and i was just like did that happen though did it holy shit that did yeah a lot of shit happened this season like like i said like these these episodes have been so tightly written we've literally had a child like develop and be born over the course of this yeah okay so should we get started yeah let's get started um so we open up at the nelson household um spike is super stressed out and kind of at her wits end because she is you know she's working she's now a single parent again um she's a single parent now with many children including a very small child and another teenage girl. Um, and she has like a really sn- like a really short conversation with Emma. Um, Emma is freaking out um, because of just everything just seems to be in chaos. Their place is pretty dirty right now, just with a lot of like takeout scraps and things like that. Um, Manny, meanwhile, is whining because she cannot fit into a pair of pants and she's very worried because an agent contacted her and um, wanted to meet with her at the end of the week because she saw her um, her acting debut with the Jay and Silent Bob movie. Um, and Emma claims that they have to take control of the situation specifically, and she puts emphasis on this, that she herself has to take control of the situation. And I really wish this meant she was going to march. She was going to declare martial law in Degrassi, but that's not going to happen. Um, no. And I, and once as always, if we make light, it's just what we need to do to get through. Because <laughs> like these right. episodes are so goddamn heavy. But you know right. what I'm now that I'm reading the um, now that I'm reading the transcript, I realize the meeting she has is with that same agent she had before. The one right. who, the one who told her to like cut out the like beans and rice or whatever racist thing she fucking said to her. I'll, I'll throw that in in the description that we're bringing that up. But yeah, like why did you? Why would you want to? I mean, I get I it. I understand why she would yeah. want to. Like she wants, she wants to be famous so badly, and like Bert, F- Miss Fine is um. Is like probably the only agent, right? Like I do, I do understand that piece. I think that it's sad that this is the system that she has to work within, but that piece of it is not unusual to me. Um, and I don't even think this framework is necessarily a bad framework to introduce a character with an eating disorder, in the sense of like Emma feels like she has no control. A lot of the psychology behind eating disorders does loop back to this idea of control so it does kind of make sense to have this lay out what is going to happen it's not easy it's sad but it does make it it makes sense why this is the decision because you know like I, i feel like there's this misconception and maybe it is the truth with like a lot of teen dramas where it's just kind of like a dartboard and like, you know, you just kind of see where your dart lands and that's a character that's going to have X, Y, Z happen to them. Yeah. Um, but this decision, and I don't even mean this in like a way that's character hate or anything like that, but 
when you frame it as this is a character who has lost a lot of control, who has had to adjust so much the past couple years, it does, it, 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 the, the framework behind it is very sound to make Emma be the character to go through that. Yeah. I mean, we, we've seen this before um, in a much lesser extent with Toby. We did. Um, Though, yeah. that, you know, that episode is not really known for its sensitivity to uh, the, the, the topic. Yeah, but... It could uh, it could have also been like a nice way to reintroduce Toby, who has become nothing at this point. Yep. Like Toby yep. is such a non he's he's basically like he's basically a nodder or shrugger as they say on Victorious, where like he just kind of reacts what all the other characters are doing. I think that's very true though. I mean, the problem with the problem with that whole entire plot line is, like, it had no bearing on literally anything. Um, and, like, I, I feel like the reason why we appreciate, like, Ellie's self-harm plot is because it didn't just disappear. It It's still a part of her. It's still brought up sometimes. She seeks treatment in relation to it. Like, it, it, it like... It, it's a very like careful dance of sorts that you kind of create with a character going through something like this because you do want to make it that it, these these things just don't go away. They don't just happen overnight. Um, and in the case of Toby, it fell into that to a point that it's just like, it's just a shame because it's like that is an important conversation to have. That's a really big issue in that sport. It's a really big issue um, that isn't always portrayed with boys going through it and it just kind of seems like they just as as per usual put like you know left all the cards on the table and didn't do anything about it yeah um so oh yeah so um cut to what mm-hmm. yeah I, I was about to say like i was just about to move on but did you have anything else nope that, that was pretty much it um we cut to Armstrong's class, um, where uh, Emma shows Manny a chore wheel, um, and Manny reveals that she doesn't have any underwear. Yeah, she's apparently apparently the laundry has kind of fallen by the wayside, so she is rocking no underwear. Um, I never. I honestly don't. I never understand when laundry is the the chore not done. Like dishes, I can get because like when you're done eating, you don't want to bother with it. But for me, laundry is just you throw it in, you walk away. That's it. Like no, if if like I had if I had my laundry stuff like on my floor, like in in my home, I I, I could understand that. I guess, but like when you have it in the basement, you have to get shoes on and go downstairs and do all that. I don't know. I feel like if you're in a, I feel like there, especially like if you have a laundromat situation or you have like, you know, things like that. I don't know. Laundry can get very discouraging. And then also you run into that thing where it's like you have to fold it or do not fold it and just leave it all wrinkled in a hamper. I don't know. I understand why if you're having a tough time and things are stressful, laundry falls by the wayside. Yeah, I guess. And this Um, is also not even including like if you had to go to a laundromat. 
which also is like another thing because then you also have to pay money. I understand why laundry doesn't get done. Yeah, I guess you're right. I am spoiled that it's like ten, like not even ten feet away from my room. Um, yeah, it's a little easier in that sense. All right, so um, uh, like. Um, Emma points out she's going to do all this other stuff like homework and groceries and exercising and mom management and Mm -hmm. cleaning like um, and Emma's like this is kind of the beginning of it where Emma says she hopes this will burn some calories to which Manny replies you're sick and you're insane yeah Uh, we cut back to Emma's house Uh, Emma calls in and says you know, tells her mom she's home. Manny points out that she's working late and is just sitting on the couch eating chips with Jack. Um, it's also worth mentioning um, the grade situation also with Emma. Like, apparent, like she got like a C and Armstrong kind of does like the that's not your best type pass ag shit. Which yeah. is like, always makes me so mad because like, that's a red flag. <laughs> not saying like oh kids doing bad they're they're like developing an eating disorder no like there's a zillion reasons why a kid's grades might slip and even if the conversation is just hey what happened here and they look at you and they go i didn't get enough sleep or something like that like you check in on the kid you don't just like make a disparaging comment though to be fair that feels very much of the time period i feel like more contemporary and i don't want to say younger teachers but teachers who have more empathy nowadays would be like oh that's a red flag let me check in but um but like in my head as somebody who has taught i'm like no you check in with that kid after class you go hey what's up are you okay yeah though let me i want to give a shout out to my teachers Mm -hmm. um i think i might have told this story before but i had to like it there was a lot of we, we lost a fair amount of family members in my high school years. Um, like my grandmother passed away. My aunt Flora passed away, but also my uncles. Um, I, I feel real bad because I can't remember the relation, but like somebody close to him had passed away and I had to watch their kids while my parents and my aunt and uncle went to the wake and the wake went until like one and like till like midnight. And then like, it took them like a while to get home so mm-hmm. I didn't get get into bed until like two, and I still went to school the next day, and I had a first period class, which starts at like six forty five, um, and I completely bombed a quiz. And, yeah. Uh, my teacher, Mrs. Clark, uh, my history teacher, the best history teacher, like I think I've ever encountered. Um, she's like she handed back. She's like Frank, this is not you. Like, what is going on? Like, you got an, an F on this quiz. I'm sorry. I'm going to need to call home. And I'm just like, oh, fuck me. I, we do not need this right now. So, And, like, I went home. And the worst thing you can do to my, my with my mom is lie. So I just like, hey, here's what happened. I was tired. I failed this quiz. Mrs. Clark's going to call home. And, like, Mrs. Clark did that night. And, like, she talked to my mom. And, like, my mom's like, Mrs. Clark would like to speak with you. Because I was sitting nearby to make it easier for my mom to yell at me, um, if need be. (laughs) This is the most 
prank thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I stayed near her because I knew I needed to be punished by by her. So I wanted to like really make sure that I, I cut out the man. <laughs> so Mrs. Clark's just like, why didn't you tell me you were like babysitting for your aunt uncle to go to a wake? I'm like, it sounded like a bad excuse. And she's like, just you'll just stay after, retake the test, and I'll like grade it on a curve. And I was just like, all right, cool. She's like, go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Clark was the fucking best. <laughs> I've done that for kids. I've done that shit because it's like sometimes shit does happen, and like you know, you gotta at least. Like, you gotta try. Like, they're they're only gonna try as much as you give and, like, you show faith in them. So, like, why not do shit like that? Like, not that grades don't matter. Like, I mean, they do kind of not matter. But, like, there's so many circumstances, especially if it's an outlying situation, that, like, can easily be addressed and talked about and maybe not solved, but at least, like, worked on. Anyway, I understand, especially in this time period, why Armstrong's just like, oh, not your best. Yikes, a Rooney. I, I had to be inappropriate somewhere else. Away. God, Armstrong. Tough, tough situation. Literally. Ugh, I'm haunted by that episode we had to do with Liberty and that plot and Emma. Yeah. And Emma, it always comes back to Emma. So, yeah. Um, anyway, got it. Emma's such a busybody. Um, Always. So, so uh, Emma is just like, I got you celery, and she brings up the fallacy that celery has negative calories because you burn calories while you're eating it. Um, that's a lie, right? I don't actually know if it's true or not. Um, uh, regardless, it's it's a red flag when when you know we are discussing it like that. Um, Fuck, you remember ants on a log? I never had ants on a log. I didn't really eat... How do I say this? Um, I I ate a lot of, like, very Italian food growing up to a point that there are, like, certain staples of American food that I've never had, and that includes ants on a log. I know it's just celery with... What is it? Celery, peanut butter, and, like, what? Raisins? Yeah, it's the fucking best. I've never had it. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sure I interrupted. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I interrupted you though again though. No, 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 no. I understand the excitement of ants on the log. Um, but um, so there's the celery piece, but then there's also the most worrying thing, which is the food diary. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, it, not not couched in this context of like seeking control. I do think that like monitoring what you're eating is a helpful way to diet, but, like, not this way, you know? Right. It's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a very, it's framed as if, like, let's be accountable, but, you know, it's, there, there is a a real concern that can happen when someone starts keeping track of information so emphatically. Yeah. That, you know, what, what is it that, you know, it, it once again is this control business, but it's also like it's it's it can I'm sure it can work for people, but it's very easy for it to become a huge stressor. Like I personally can't keep track of that stuff because then it's like you start developing a very at least I have developed like a very weird relationship with the concept of eating. So we don't do that. Yeah. We 
we don't worry about that. We just exist. Yeah, I've, I I tried for a while, and then I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to, like, make healthier meals. <laughs> like, because I agree with you, it does put too much emphasis. I, I think it works for some people, but not, like, yeah. Right. Uh, so... Manny says, woohoo, let the fun begin. And the fun does not begin because we cut to Joey's house where uh, Snake is doing karaoke by himself in the middle of the living room. Dude, um, you can't see nothing yet. And I was sitting there. I was like, they got the rights to that? I, I'm kind of wondering because I, I, I listened to a Stuff You Should Know about um, covers. Mm-hmm. And, like, the legality of that. The way it works is, for cover songs, is that as long as you credit the original artist, you are legally fine. Like, you don't have to, for a cover, you don't have to pay the artist as long as you're giving them due credit. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is when I inevitably make my own teen drama, I should have them all hang out at a local karaoke place and sing the songs and that way, I can bypass the copyright law, still have the emotional impact of them singing the songs and having them featured in my show, but within the context of they're in karaoke and covering the songs. Well, like, yes. Like, I I think it's considered nice to ask for permission, but I do remember on the OC, they wanted to use... Um, they wanted to use uh, Lover I Don't Have to Love by Bright Eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he wouldn't give them permission, so they just... I, I could see him never doing that. So they just use a cover, and there's mm-hmm. nothing he could do. His hands are tied. Wait, is that why Grey's Anatomy has so many of those, like, acoustic covers? Most likely, oh. yeah. Wow! Same thing. Um, my sister said at the season finale of Big Mouth, they have an acoustic cover of Bad Blood by Taylor Swift. And that's probably because Taylor Swift was not going to give the song to... Oh. But also, I watched the scene, and it does fit, like, the acoustic cover does fit better. I mean, there's a time and place for an acoustic cover. I have a lot of gripes with acoustic covers, and but I don't know. I think it, like, I feel like people, I hate, this is just a tangent. I don't like acoustic covers when they're covering, um, when it's, like, white people covering, like, songs by black artists. And then yes. people yeah. are like, oh, that cover is so much better. And it's like, oh, I wonder why it's better to you. I hate that shit. Like yeah. Bastille covering, um, oh, they covered a bunch of songs. I can't even think of all of them. But like, I hated when people were like, oh, the Bastille covers are so much better. It's like, no, they're not. Shut up. Well, I, um, yeah, like. Oh, yeah, I think they covered No Scrubs. It's like, hello? No, absolutely not. Well. I actually, I had a discussion with this with my roommates um, where we were talking about like how you know they a lot of those acoustic covers and like there's that whole punk goes crunk compilation series. Oh, I remember that. Ooh, yes. Yeah, like the issue is that like I my okay, this is my tangent. One of my biggest issues is with people thinking that rapping is easy. Rapping is incredibly mm-hmm. difficult because you you need to have such excellent rhythm, like excellent flow, and like you like you you have to hit those beats just right. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, people are like I can do that. It's just rhyming words. It's not. Um, nope. Like the fact that so much of it is is 
um, the fact that there's such an emphasis in freestyle and things like that, the fact that people can string words together with, like, you know, with, and expect to kind of ad-lib that shit a lot of the time, I could never do it. Yeah. Like, it takes years of practice. Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, so then, um, where's it going with this? Oh, so, and then, like, so these covers will rob the original, um, will rob the original songs of their rhythm and their, like, and everything that made them, makes the original rap song great. And that's mm-hmm. rap, you know, hip hop. And let's also throw an R&B in there. Mm-hmm. Like they, it's just like we're gonna make this bland and boring, and I—that's my big issue with them. My favorite cover of um, the one one group actually did this correctly. Um, I need to look it up real quick. Uh, it's this group, like it's a group of you know how you've seen like those like they basically old school girl groups. Um, uh, who sing like modern songs? Yeah. Um, one of them did a reggaeton medley of like all Sean Paul songs. Okay. But they did they kept the rhythm of it, and it was just amazing. They're called the Lounge Kittens. Okay. Yeah, yeah the Sha- the Sean Paul medley. I think we're gonna go out on that. <laughs> Okay, I don't know what my favorite covers are. I'm very, uh, very choosy with my covers, though. Um, favorite covers? Um, there's this one uh, electronic artist who did a really good cover of 19 by Tigon and Sarah. Um, that reminds me, there's a... Didn't the Bleachers have an album of, like, people covering their songs? I think I like the covers better than I like the Bleachers album. Uh, his name is Werebear. Uh, okay. I don't um, know, I can't remember. J- Jeff Rosenstock has done some good covers. I really like a lot of his covers, but I think he puts a lot of emotion into them that they, like, I, I really enjoy a lot of the covers that he does. They feel very thoughtful, which I feel yeah. like is, is the secret. It's like, I feel like a lot of the time, like, people, like, like a lot of covers just don't have a level of thoughtfulness that I would like to see, but when I do see it, I'm really happy. Well, yeah, I think one of the um, biggest ones is obviously Hurt by Johnny Cash, where he turns that song to his own. Yes. Yes, Um, it it takes a new meaning, it takes a new form, it's still very, it, it, you know, it's, it's still, like, lands, yes. Oh, I like the, um... I like the cover by of Jolene by the White Stripes. Because he doesn't change any of the pronouns in it. <laughs> right, that's like also the uphill battle. It's like, if you're going to cover a song, like, don't fucking change the pronouns. Don't be a coward. Oh, speaking of which, um, I don't know if I brought this up. There's a whole, there's an EP um, of where, like, it's called the Universal Love EP. Mm-hmm. And it's all these different, um, like, they're kind of, like, famous wedding songs, but they're covered by, like, the opposite gender who, okay, so, like, it's hard to explain. Like, they 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 make him, they made him gay, is the best way I can put it. Yeah, Bob, just be like that. Bob Dylan did He's Funny right, That Way. 
one that Bob Dylan did, right? Um, St. Vincent did an amazing cover of And Then She Kissed Me. That's good. Um, but yeah, so it's like three for ladies and three for dudes. Or, yeah. So. That's fun. It's, I, I highly recommend picking it up. It's very good. The whole thing. So, and we are like a minute into this episode. Yeah, well, you know. Um, so, yeah, so this is the, this is one of the worst things I've seen on the show. Like, it, like, it literally reminds me of a time I once said, I think I'm going to go to karaoke by myself. And I was just like, I can't think of anything more depressing. Agretsuko does it. Who? <laughs> Have you not watched Agretsuko? No. Um, it's, it's, uh, on Netflix. It's, uh, oh, okay. the, the, um, the, uh, the, the thing about aggression. Yes. The heavy metal Tanuki. No, yeah. Red Panda. She's a Red Panda. My bad. I just remember, like, in Persona 3, to build up your courage, you can go to a karaoke by yourself, but it's, like, literally just you in the room by yourself. And that's when I can't think of anything sadder. I can understand wanting to just scream heavy metal, but I would not want to sing heavy metal in karaoke. <laughs> that's valid. Um, let's keep let's keep plowing through this though. Um, so then so- Joey switches the song and it goes to sometimes when we touch. To be uh, clear, Snake wanted to sing "Rock the Casbah." It did <laughs> not happen. It became sometimes when we touch. Um, and Joey is just like, oh, like, abort, like, let's not do this. Um, yeah, because it's like, it's their song. Yeah. Find a better song. I don't think I ever had a song with somebody. Um, anyway, that's all, I that's all I've, I I've, what? I don't think I have either. I've not dated, so, <laughs> um... I mean, I have, I have, and I can't say I, I've ever had a song, so neither of us are uh, very informed on this topic. Yeah. Um, so, um, we cut back to Emma and Manny. They're in the gym. Um, uh Emma's counting calories. Um, they're they're basically just like figuring out the best way to um, they're figuring out the best way to not eat healthy, I believe. Um, Paige comes along with Alex and Toe. Um, I love the fact that they're basically you know conjoined at the hip. Mm-hmm. Um, Manny like backs her chair into Paige and. Paige says, uh, twigs and berries, you girls practicing to be on Survivor? <laughs> Which I don't... Is, are they referring to them or to their meal? To their meal. Okay. Paige points out that she's going to be jealous come bikini season. Um, and Manny's like, has newfound resolve. Right. And it's tough, but I do kind of... I feel like it's a very real thing. I think that... I don't want to use, like, these, like, absolutes, like, girl culture and things like that. But I do think that there are a lot of, like, cultural things that unintentionally, intentionally, whatever, are deeply, deeply, deeply fatphobic. And it's, it's, they're so casual. And I think that 
I appreciate that it kind of shows that, that like the, the validation that comes from it is so, it's like so easy for lack of better terms to kind of work it into a conversation and very well may not necessarily be like Paige may probably does not even realize she's doing it at this point. It's just such a part of the lexicon. Um, but it's just like, you know, unfortunately you see the validation in action and you see Manny feeling encouraged by, um, the behavior because of the potential results and validation that Paige would give her and yeah. other people would. Um, yeah. So I, I, that, I'm sorry, that's not dismissive, but I just have nothing else to say. Cause that was very, uh, comprehensive. Thank you. Um, so we cut to Emma and Manny running outside. Um, Emma complains of feeling floaty, mm-hmm. which is not a good thing to feel when you're running. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Simpson comes by on his bike. Um, uh, Emma kind of deflects because he's like, hey, like, what you doing? And, and, and um, Manny is fucking scrambling out of the shot. Like, oh, oh, no, I can't be in the scene. Uh, <laughs> and Emma says that she is, her, her like, way of uh, deflecting is saying that she is going to be trying out for the cross-country team. Um, and Snake is like, oh, okay, like, that's, that's new. Um, and Emma makes a snide remark that Snake misses a whole lot when, you know, you leave your family. And they talk about, like, you know, what's it like at Joey's? Snake says that he's miserable. Um, And Emma, because as we said before, she is a freaking busybody, takes matters into her own hands and invites Snake over to make dinner. Um, Obviously not talking to Spike about it, not seeing if that's anything Spike would remotely want, not, you know, not thinking about how when last time he showed up unannounced, Spike had, you know, was rightfully traumatized about it. Um... And Snake is just like, oh, wow. Like, it just thinks that she is so brilliant for allowing this to happen. Does anybody in this fucking family dynamic have any brain cells? Uh, They all have one, and they're never, and, like, they share it. Um, The thing thing is, though, that um, I was, like, I would have loved to seen where Emma's like, Mom, throwing that in the garbage just was stupid, and Spike's just like, you're right, and just pushes out, we can sell it. <laughs> the God. necklace from last week. <laughs> um, <Right>. So, <laughs> um, Emma and Manny are cleaning up the house. Finally, they're doing something. Finally. I'm, I'm, That's the other thing that pisses me off. Like, you pointed it out, and, like, I haven't been able to stop thinking about it with 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 them because it's like they <laughs> Dahlia's making little noises. <laughs> um, like for for two people that are apparently so invested in Spike and Spike's happiness, they make no effort to like help Spike. Yeah, like. I don't know. Um, like, but like, I, and I, I get it. Like, you're not going to be able to solve everything, especially when you're a teenager. I get that. But at the same time, like, 
they can't clean up the house, they can't cook, they can't do something. Yeah. Um, uh, Snake Spike, um, uh, yeah, and even Spike says it. She's like, well, this I could get used to. So this is an out-of-the-ordinary thing. It just it frustrates me. <laughs> um, and then Emma points out that the reason the the occasion is that they have a new they have a dinner guest, Snake. And yep. Emma and Spike's is like Jesus Christ, <laughs> like <laughs> I and I would be thir- like thoroughly thoroughly like pissed off if I was her. Um. Uh, Spike, a snake arrives with his veg- veggie moussaka. Um, Emma says, oh, we're going to go for a walk. And Spike's like, you're not getting out of this. Go set the table. Right. <laughs> if I had to sit through this awkwardness, so do you. Um, and then we get another sad scene of Emma, like, basically giving Manny strategy on how they won't actually eat the food. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, fucking Snake is saying that the kitchen faucet is still leaking. He can go fix it and get his wrench from downstairs. Spike is just fucking pissed. Um, they do kind of point out that they haven't touched anything. Um, and, and Snake says, like, I should never have left. And then Spike... Spike basically spikes him to the ground and says, I did, you didn't leave snake. I kicked you out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it just is. I feel like this season has been a season of women not being allowed autonomy in their, in like, you know, their, their life events. I feel like Liberty had no actual autonomy or like point of view or anything during her pregnancy. And Spike is not given any space for her own processing of being cheated on. It It's everybody else's business. And it's when Snake thinks he is, he deserves redemption. It It's never anything, anything but what they want. Yeah. Um, so then we cut to once again the girls sitting on the stairs and they're just listening to the fighting. Um, uh, like snakes. Snake says, "I'm ready to come home." Spike responds, "Do you think that's your fucking decision to make?" Mm-hmm. Spike gets to say fuck in this episode. Yeah, Spike absolutely gets to say fuck. Um. Um. Uh, yeah, and, and and Manny um decide that they like the Emma points out the only way to burn off what they've eaten is to run it off, and that's gonna take six hours to according to her calculations. Mm-hmm. And then the only other way is to purge, and they go into the bathroom to do that. And. Yeah. This is fucking hard as hell. 
it's very sinister um and i think it's a a degree uh, like an aspect of it i didn't really think about when i was a kid watching these episodes because like i feel like the takeaway from the episode is emma has an eating disorder it's really tough but what they don't but like i feel like the way that my memory functioned around this episode is that it doesn't look at the fact that not only is emma dealing with an eating disorder but whether intentionally or not, is trying to pull Manny into the same habits as well. Um, it's self-destruction, but it's also like attempting to bring someone down with you. And that is extraordinarily tough to to process for me as like it's it's very harrowing now. I feel like as a kid, I, I didn't really understand the 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 you know that aspect of it and and I wonder if it's also just like as a kid you you don't see interpersonal conflict the same way as you do as an adult like for me I was like oh like you know Manny had an I guess as a kid I was like Manny had an objective she she saw through the objective now she's worried about Emma and I did not really think about how it's it's worse than that a lot worse than that the the way i i well i I agree with your point i would add to it that i think this reminds me of some of like i've I've encountered a few alcoholics in my life and they always seem to want somebody to drink with to normalize Mm -hmm. it and i feel like that's kind of a part of this oh i think so too i think absolutely I mean, I, I'm I'm not an expert on um, eating disorders. Uh, mm-hmm. Not not really an expert on anything, but um, it also reminds me of like I, I've heard of like blogs and forums where people will, you know, encourage each other, like you know the the like give each other each other tips and whatnot. And I don't know if that's part of the disease. Or the excuse me, the disorder, but like it definitely, I don't think helps things. It's, um, yeah, I think what it is is like obviously there's a communal piece of it, and like you know that's a very real issue that happens. It's just, but I don't think it's something I really thought about while watching as a kid. Is really what I'm kind of taking away from it. Like when I thought about when I think about this plot before I rewatched it. I did not even like think about Manny's connection to it very much. Yeah. Um, it, it fucking, it sucks. Um, and then we cut to them in the locker room. Mm -hmm. They get on the scale. Um, and, They've both, Manny lost three pounds in four days. Um, I do know, uh, from my own weight loss uh, efforts, I do know the healthy way is to like lose a pound a week at mm-hmm. best. Because um, this is not a healthy way to lose weight. And, Man- and Emma has lost even more weight. She lost four pounds. That's a pound a day. Yeah. Um, that is unbelievably unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um and they're basically 
putting um manny basically wants to call it and she's just like look i'm ready to like go back to normal eating and normal activity Mm -hmm. um and emma pushes her to keep going Mm -hmm. and and then we cut to this montage of them purging um them running um buying new clothes yeah um Manny's wearing her lucky jeans again. And my thing is just like, if I was directing this, I would not have put like a more, this upbeat song behind it. Um, just because I like, because of the, sh- the service the show is supposed to do, I would really want to highlight, like, this is not what's supposed to be happening. <laughs> this looks it's... fine, but this is not what's supposed to be happening. Yeah. It's, I mean, I'm not, I think the song choice could have been a little better. I'm not against showing it. I love how someone is mowing a lawn right when I am trying to record a podcast. Um, I don't know if it picks up, but I'm sorry, everybody. Someone just started going. Um, it's so cold today. I think my landlord is just doing spring sprucing up. I think he owns both the properties, like both here and the one next door. So I think it's just like he he's been he power washed a couple days ago and things like that. I think he's just at work. Yeah. Um anyway, I apologize. But um it's it's very I don't know. It's a very the song choice was a bit jarring. Um I don't know. Eating disorder media and I, I know we've had this discussion often where it's incredibly difficult to find media that like it's hard to find media that we can say like oh I recommend this it deals with this topic I feel like eating disorders is one of those that just is really fucking hard to find that um and I feel like the reason why is because of these kind of very these juxtapositions that end up happening where you're trying to portray this like goal setting and reaching goals and how that seems pretty cool. And then you're, you're still self-destructing. Like it's very hard to balance that, that tone. And I think that's why the montage is so jarring to you, Frank, because it's like, it doesn't quite know how to balance the, the struggle that this topic is and the issue. I don't know. It's just very, I, I, it's one of those topics that I don't know what, ideal quote-unquote media of it looks like you know what I mean like I feel like a lot of issues that are really heavy or difficult to talk about you you usually have like a version that you're like yeah okay like it's tough it's heavy but it 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 resonates and I feel like this is one of those topics that it's just very hard to find that resonating portrayal of it that maybe nails some of the more contradictory or challenging emotions but still fits this role that Degrassi is trying to fit which is bringing up awareness and bringing up like you know trying to to bring up if this is happening this is how you can potentially address it etc etc yeah yeah um so from there we cut back to Joey's house Mm mm-hmm Diana's um, helping Angie with her homework. That was nice. 
Oh god, I fucking love Diane. I'm so. Oh yeah. By the way, this is Joey's last episode. <laughs> yeah, this is Joey's last episode. Um. So Frank, have you heard the story of like how allegedly like there's a rumor. I think I think I don't know if this has actually been disproven or not, but people tell me this has been disproven concerning why the actor left the show. No. So the rumor when I was in Degra- into Degrassi growing up was the reason why the actor left the show was he was removed from the show because he was accused of stealing props and putting them up on eBay. You know what? <laughs> I I'm so used to other terrible reasons for men to be removed from things that I'm happy that's the reason. Well, the thing, like that, that was the rumor from from what I am hearing recently that's not the truth, but like that was treated as gospel back in the day. Like that was how everyone framed beyond a shadow of a doubt that is why this actor was removed. Um, and yeah, no, when you really put it that way, it's such like a bygone era where that could be a potential reason why you got kicked off a show, not because you were a fucking monster, you were just stealing props. I mean, one of my favorite things is that, like, um, Robert Downey Jr. was saying that he took a few items from the set of Iron Man, and then, like, fucking... Um, what's his name? Uh, the guy who plays Ryan Reynolds. It's just like I fucking walked with the suit. I like put it on, just walked out. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and like, what are you gonna fucking do? Um, but like, they're spitballing terrible ideas to win her back. Like Joey says, change the oil in her car, and then um, and then he's and then they're like, Snake's like, I'll redo her roof. And um, and Joey's like, yeah, you get all hot and sweaty while you're doing it. Chicks dig that sexy snake, snake the sexy roofer. I like it. And I'm just like, these are the reason. It's like there's a reason <laughs> these men were single for so long. They're so stupid. <laughs> and Diane is just like, well, just fucking show her some goddamn romance. And I'm like, Ugh. I mean, it's not the best fucking like message but for this kid show i get it i don't agree i think the problem is that and i think this is a thing that degrassi really fails with a lot of its male characters is that they never fucking take accountability and and that is why i get so mad every fucking time with a lot of this stuff because i feel like there's this um there's this desire for it's just these are just such I don't know it's just like such like a heteronormative toxic heteronormative conflict resolution like it doesn't matter if you love someone if you broke their trust that does like you could love them until you know you can love them until the end of time but if you broke their trust and hurt them, it doesn't fucking matter how much you love them. They love you too, probably, to a certain extent. But they, they're, they're, you know, their boundary was crossed. You fucked it up. You ruined the negotiation of sorts. And that's on you. Like, you gotta figure that shit out. Um, 
And I, I feel like I understand that's not the most, I don't know, sexy way to write conflict resolution. And it's not the grandest, but it's like none of these male characters ever take accountability for when they fuck up. Like, I, I fully agree with you. It's just, like, I want this to end. Like, I want this stupid plotline to end. And I'm like, if this is the way we get out of it, fine. I don't care anymore. See, I would not even mind if it wasn't resolved quickly if it was framed, like, how it should be. Yeah. If it was framed with the devastation that Spike feels, not just, be, like, not just because of, like, I don't know, because, like, you know, she's upset because of X, Y, and Z, but like truly looking at all of the pieces here, because I think that there are a couple pieces here that we're not thinking about. We're not thinking about the fact that Spike's boundaries have been violated multiple times, not just because of the cheating, but because he came into her home. Then we also factor in the fact that he was with a coworker who was technically his boss. So there's also like a, and both of their kids go to the school. There are so many interpersonal issues with what has happened here that can't just be resolved by saying, hi, I love you, here's some flowers. And it, it makes me very angry that media refuses to look at it like that because I don't think the actual way to resolve this conflict is boring. I think it's actually way more complicated and interesting that way. And I just, I hate these kind of plots because they just kind of, they're, they just never let these boys and men fucking grow on the show. Yeah. So, um, all right. Uh, we cut to um, Manny staring at pizza. Um, <laughs> and she's like... like <laughs> and for me, this is like one of the re- like one of the things I most relate to. And I was, um, she's like, "Stop calling my name." And then we cut to her eating pizza with her head in her locker. Yeah. Uh, Emma comes over and chides her, and like, Manny's like, "Look, I got the part. I achieved my goal. Like, I'm done." Um, and Emma is just. Emma says it's. Like, and Manny's like, it's one slice of pizza. Like, and Emma says, it's fat and starch and grease. Why not just pour poison down your throat? And that is... Manny responds, there's just a little too much crazy in here. What's and I don't, I don't love the, you know, for shaming the mentally ill. But, like, that is a statement that is way out of control. Well, there's also just, like, the, the fucking violation and... Um, you know, of of shoving someone in a bathroom with the expectation that they are going to purge. You are deciding that they are going to purge. Like, it's more than just this, I, I feel like I do not have control of my body. It's, it's a far more manipulative, far more um, dangerous piece of it that is, like, that is once again, boundary crossing, once again, harming somebody. And yes, you shouldn't be harming yourself and that is worrisome, but the way that she is bringing Manny into this and forcing Manny into this is also deeply terrifying, really. Yeah. Um, and uh, Manny like tries to, starts to leave and then Emma 
passes out. Miss mm-hmm. um, Hasselakos, she wasted to Miss Hasselakos. <laughs> like, and we did, you know, we did joke about this that Miss Hasselakos is like, oh, finally one nice day, and then like getting a call on the la- on the intercom, like a student's passed out. It's like, oh Jesus Christ, come on! And right. Then, like, it, it's Emma Nelson. Oh God damn it! <laughs> right, like that's what I was thinking about too. Was like. Or just being like, okay, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Because, like, that is a real issue also. And that's the piece that I, I'm very curious about. Because it's like, Emma doesn't fucking want to listen to the principal. Which, why should she? Because she caught her making out with her stepfather. Like, that's a real issue that is that could potentially impact the school day to day. And I feel like that hasn't been addressed at a level that I would like to see. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, Miss Hatsalakos is trying her best, um, and admittedly, like this, it like it's partly her fault. It's mostly her fault, like that. Emma's just like, I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. Then we get a horrible scene at the mall where Snake is wearing a tuxedo and brings yellow roses to Spike, which she should have fucking die. She should have thrown in the be- she's still thrown in the garbage like everything else having to deal with him. And um, I confess something right what? now while we're talking about this. I I have a horrible thought every single time I see a man with a with a like with flowers. I assume that they have purchased those flowers because they cheated on their significant other. Fair enough. <laughs> I I legitimately make that assumption. Like if I'm like when I am, you know, not in quarantine and I am able to walk around New York City and I see, like, a, a guy in, like, a suit and he has, like, flowers, I just go, oh, he definitely, like, cheated on his significant other. This is his way of trying to make up. Um, Taylor Tomlinson on her stand-up actually brings that up. Like, oh. she, she's just like, like, she's like, I read too many of those, like, is he cheating quizzes? It's like, did he buy you flowers? Is he feels guilty. Did he call you babe? He doesn't know your name. Oh my god. Well, that's it, the thing. It's like, unless this is like a fucking, like, Lisa Vanderpump and her husband, where it's clear that they just really like florals. Like, unless it's like one of those situations, like, I just do not trust like that. Um, uh, <laughs> and the last one's like, like, is, is he nice to your family? He slept with your mom. Ah! <laughs> um, so S- Snake starts to sing. Spike stops him for all our sake. Um, um, oh, fuck. I, I, I skip. Okay. And they, they get back together. It's terrible. I wish it wasn't. Um, it's embarrassing. But- we cut to Frank Emma. Leave. He like as I said at the time, he's not Richard Gere in So You in Save the Last Dance. When when Richard Gere shows up to dance with Susan Sarandon to kind of showcase what he's been doing, not cheating on her with Jennifer Lopez, um, like and they dance. It's to Peter Gabriel singing The Book of Love. It's fucking amazing. This is awful and just awkward, and I would run the other way if somebody did this to me. <laughs> like, yeah. I love 
I love romance. I love romantic gestures. But you do not bring the public into it. Right. Like, it's just, once again, it's violating her fucking shit. And, like, once again, like, she's not able to, like, she can't give an honest answer if there's a fucking public and he's fucking singing and in a tux and shit. Like, she's not being given the, the chance to process this. She's not being given, like, she gives her, like, boundaries, which are kind of bullshit, which is, like, don't kiss anyone other than me and don't sing. And it's like, no, 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 you should be writing a contract between the two of you with a therapist. Like, you should be going to a couple, like, you know, you should be seeing a couple therapists, you should have individual therapists, and you should be discussing what reintegration of, like, your homes is going to look like. Yeah. it's. Just I know like, it's not interesting, but it's the truth. It, it's, well, there's, I, I, I would say, for a talented writer, there's an interesting way to do that. Um, but, like, the thing is, I, just... Like the no kissing anyone—that's the most basic tenet of a like of a relationship. <laughs> like, sorry, Taylor Thompson also talks about that too. Mm-hmm. Watch court, watch quarter of the course. It's fucking amazing. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's just awful. Like, and I, speaking of people who ran away, I remember seeing a video of this guy who asked out his uh, girlfriend, or like asked his girlfriend to marry him. During a basketball game, she started crying and ran out of the basketball court. And I was just like, good for you. Because <laughs> fuck that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, God. Like, also, but, like, I, I have also had friends who have been, like, in public places and proposed to their, proposed to their significant others. But they didn't bring everybody's fucking attention to it. <laughs> I actually actually just saw this super cute video where this woman proposed to her girlfriend and her girlfriend started crying and like kind of like walked away and went to her bag and then pulled out a ring. I love that. It's so fucking cute. Like every time I'm feeling like upset or like stressed out, I watch that video because it's so pure and wonderful. That's inspired me so much that it, it has always been on my mind to a point that I wrote a fanfic with the premise of the characters being prepared to propose each other to each other. I and wonder who I wonder who was proposing to who. I wonder who. It, both. It was great. It, I was like, because I had to write fluff for like a secret, like a, you know, like a holiday fic exchange. And I was like, well, what's a fluffy situation? And I was like, my OTP planning to propose to each other at an aquarium. There. <laughs> Oh man, fucking aquariums are. are oh my god, how oh, the and the fucking videos aquariums been putting up of like, they invite kittens from and like puppies from the ASPCA to go party. Aww. Just fucking love it. Okay. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, we cut back to Emma and Manny's basement apartment, where um. Yeah, Emma. Fucking vision board. Yeah. Of. Uh, <laughs> And Manny is, like, still pushing that, like, this is worrying to me, especially this the dismembered model pictures. Yeah, well, Manny, this is actually when Manny establishes that she has the agent. In the other part with the pizza, sorry, I just looked at my notes and it, it, it reminded me. In the um, part with the pizza, she's saying that she needs energy because she's hungry for, the, for like, this re-audition. And in this, she's saying, like, hey, I got the part. 
Like, we're good. And I want to give the um, I want to give the makeup department credit for like they really are able to step up like how weak looking like how weak Emma looks. Yeah, like, I think that's looking pretty distressing in this. Like she's looking very like sunken in. Yeah. Um, cut to dinner. Uh, Snake um, is everybody's celebrating. I honestly feel like this 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 scene for me just should not have happened. It should have just been Snake and Spike having a private dinner alone. Like it feels like disingenuous, but I don't know. Um, I mean, I think what it comes down to is this. I just think that whole entire plotline was bungled. It, it it's all there is to it. Yeah. Um, and actually, this this line did did give me a chuckle because Snake's like, I I have an announcement to make. And Emma says, Are you guys going to finally stop calling each other by your high school nicknames? That was good. That was <laughs> fucking brilliant. I love that. I feel that in my body. Like I, I wouldn't mind Emma if she wasn't so, if she was like a bit snarky like this. I wouldn't mind her, but it's just like the combination of her being a nosy busybody and this kind of mean snarkiness is just too much. Like one or the other. So, um, Snake says instead of going to Mexico like they were going to before, they're going to go to New York City. Um, and everybody celebrates Manny. Um, and I, I do, uh, I do like this because Manny says, uh, who's included in we, um, and Snake responds, well, you are part of the Nelson Simpson clan Mm -hmm. and we've had like so many moments of people saying like basically being gatekeepers to the family unit of like I can take this away when I want and having somebody like um having somebody say like no you are part of this family like makes always makes me feel good yeah uh personal bias I'll admit because of some stuff that happened a few years ago but just you know um so then um so then uh, we get um, the last shot is Emma um, leaving the bathroom after purging once again. Yeah. It sucks. It truly, yeah. truly sucks. It does. Um, so then we go right into the new. Uh, we cut into the next episode. Um Snake is under the sink trying to fix it. I don't know why he didn't turn the water off before this. Um, and he sprays him in the face. He and he does the dad feeling dad thing of I'm trying to stop myself from saying a curse. I'm gonna almost say it, then I'm just gonna settle on something that's not a curse. It was ah fr- uh, fr- fruit salad. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny, honestly. Spike uh, wishes he could say fuck, but he does not win the award. He he does not deserve it. Yeah. Um, so, um, and like we're kind of seeing the 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 whole house kind of back on its groove. Like Manny's on the phone with Craig, um, and given like and also like 
I'll throw this out there for Snake and Spike, allowing Manny to call Craig long distance. Because this isn't cell phones, kids. This mm-hmm. is this is going to be like a $7 call at yep. best. Yep. <laughs> Spike is brushing Emma's hair. Emma um, is saying she wishes she was young again. Um, Spike calls her Sirius McMopey. Um And asks her if anything's okay, or like notices that Emma's kind of distant. Um, then Emma gets a message from the devil telling her to go meet him. Um, it's actually one of the devil's servants named Peter. And uh, he leads her to a little picnic. Um, and then they start kissing, and Emma knocks over the picnic basket. And Emma is once again being mean to the person she's romantically involved with. Mm-hmm. I like that this is consistent, like of her being, you know, just kind of shitty. Um, and especially because it's towards Peter. So, um, yeah. I only like Emma mean when she's mean to characters I hate. Basically, like, <laughs> um. So we get like this is the first. I, this is the first time we've seen this teacher. I think so. Um, I I I think he, this is the first time we see him, but I'm utterly charmed by him. Yeah, like he's like, uh, <laughs> he just is like, okay, heads up, everybody. Today we got Liberty talking frogs. It will be most fascinating, I'm sure. All right, take it away, Liberty. And he has like beautiful long braided hair. And, like, I think he's wearing a vest over a button-down shirt. I'm just like, damn, this guy's got it put together. Um, he's he's bringing a level of teacher that I haven't seen in the school for quite a while. Yeah, he has, like, this, like, kind of, um, he, he has the energy of a high school teacher, which is, like, slightly sarcastic because of, you know, you're working with teenagers, um, you know, a little teasing, but, like, still very supportive. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed the energy that he was bringing. Yeah. Um... What is his name in the script? I don't actually know what his name is. Uh, well, uh, uh, the it's Mr. Ellis. Liberty says, of course, Mr. Ellis. Right, Mr. Ellis. I like him a lot. Um, uh, and he's, he he also, I'm sorry? Sorry, I can't remember how much he really does in the series, but I like him. You know what I realized? We probably haven't seen him before, because he's probably there to replace Hasselakos. And And we haven't been in bio, so that makes yeah. sense. Um, and he goes, oh, hint, hint. this might just be on your urine test. Um, yeah, he's like, he's got that energy of like, I'm not saying this is on your urine test, but this is definitely on your urine test. Please do something. Yeah. Be uh, So Manny points out, um, <laughs> Manny hits Emma. Um, and Manny says, you're falling asleep during class. And by the way, your hands are colder than my Nana's at her funeral. Which gives me, like, made me think of a very sad scene of Manny, like, saying goodbye to her Nana, and I don't want to think about that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, like, Manny is like, you've been just off for weeks. Um, and, th- oh, oh, okay. And I actually kind of like this. Because um, as... Like, Spike refers to 
Emma as Sirius McMopey. Mm-hmm. Um, Emma refers to Manny as uh, Needy McNeederson. <laughs> and I'm just like, if that, I, I don't want to give them credit for it, but like, if that's a nice little thing of this is what Spike does, therefore Emma picked it up, I think that's kind of interesting. Oh, that is kind of interesting. Yeah, if you frame it like that, yes. Um, and Manny's just like, are you getting your attitude from, uh, uh, are you getting your attitude from the protein bars? And they continue arguing until Mr. Ellis says, I hope you are back there whispering about adrenal glands. Uh, yeah. And, and then says, because if you don't, you're, if you don't ace your year in exam, I'll be seeing you in summer school. Yeah, so. he's just very to the point. I wouldn't fuck with Mr. Ellis. There's always There was always that nice teacher who I was just like, I don't want to get on his bad side, because I know that bad side's probably, like, probably not great. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and finally, we get back to something nice, Alex and Paige. Yes. Um... Though Paige is body shaming Heather Sinclair. <laughs> yeah, but also the idea of Alex and Paige just sitting in the hall making snide remarks about people is also very good. Yeah. Both of these things are true. I am critical of what the things that they are harping on. However, the thought of these girlfriends just hanging out and shit-talking people, amazing. OTP. Truly. Um... So, uh, Hazel is asking Paige if she received any word back from any of the universities. Paige responds she hasn't. Um, and Alex kind of, like, dismisses it. Um, and Hazel says that she'll see them and see Paige in bio. And, like, Paige kind of, like, calls Alex out for like, look, you're joking about this, but this is something important to me. Yep. Which slowly uh, morphs to Hazel is someone important to me. Yeah. And you gotta fucking figure this out. Um which I do appreciate. Yeah. I feel like um Paige has fallen into the I don't know, Paige has always been with her friends, but I do kinda I could I could kinda see how like, you know her she could be read, read as somebody who kind of falls into the partner trap, even though I don't think that's necessarily true. And I feel like it's really good to see a character be like, yeah, I like you, you know, I like dating you, but you got to be able to get along with my friends. That is very important to me. Um, and I appreciate that Paige is just, she's obviously in her Paige-like way about it, but I do appreciate that Paige is like, no, you and Hazel got to figure out your shit. I, you... I'm not going to be in the middle of this. Would you say that if um, if someone want to be your lover, they have to get with your friends? Hmm. Because making friends forever. Maybe friendship never ends. Never ends. ends. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> anyway, I do think that there is there is truth to that. I think that, and I think it's also important because I think that people do lose sight of that with romance I think that they lose sight of their friends sometimes and we've all been in situations where we kind of lost a friend because they were in a romantic relationship and I don't just mean like oh the first six months no I mean forever um and I think that 
any media that promotes otherwise is important and good in my book. Yes. I've once said that um, in the Navy of your life, your flagship romance is important, but don't forget your other little friendships because they are what make, they are what make you powerful. It's true. Like if I was dating someone and they didn't get along with Frank, it would be a problem, honestly. Oh, same. (laughs) Oh, shucks. But it's the truth. It's like, yo, I hang out with him like once a week at least. So like, you got to figure this out. (laughs) I would be. Um, so, uh, Manny is talking about her activities and Emma is like saying she lost interest in the environmental club. Um, and fucking Peter out here going, look, here's my kid that I tutor. Goodbye. Um, this does, (laughs) this does remind me of Southside with you. Um, that wonderful movie about Barack and Michelle Obama, where Michelle points out, like, you taught, you brought me to a meeting where everybody loves you. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Um, and Manny just shits over him, which deserving. Uh, and tells him to quit the hero act, because we all, they all know he's scum. Mm-hmm. Um... Cut to the Media Immersion Lab, uh, where Toby is like, we can't just, we can't just put pictures of Hazel and Paige. He's with Hazel, and then he's like, we can't just pick the, put pictures of you two as the only thing in the yearbook. And Hazel's like, we are the school. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah, it's really fucking funny. Um. <laughs> And Alex comes in and says, uh, we should hang out. And yeah. says, like, look. It's really stilted and awkward, but I love it. <laughs> we, we don't have to be friends. Even We don't have to be best friends. Even a, a friends. I'll set up our acquaintances. Acquaintances who don't kill each other. So, that, so what do you say? Why don't we all go out, get loaded, get into some trouble? Yeah. Um, Toby says, I could do up some fake IDs, take you ladies on a pub crawl. And Alex responds, nice try. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Um, and Hazel responds, "We could go shopping. Just the three of us at the mall. There's a big sale on." And Alex is like, "Oh boy, you're gonna make me suck and suffer for this, aren't you?" Um, and then Alex flicks Toby's ear on the way out. (laughs) Yep. I really appreciate that. Um, what I do like about the potential Hazel Alex dynamic is the fact that like it kind of s- embodies that Paige ultimately like strong personalities, and I feel like this is a potential inevitability that she was going to run into this problem because like her best friend has a very strong personality, her girlfriend has a very strong personality, and sometimes that does not always click. So I I appreciate that this is the big to do of this plot. Yeah. It's like they're two fire signs, and it's just like, I don't know what to do. Um, I didn't realize this was, like, didn't realize this was Darcy coming up. Um, mm-hmm. um, Man- Manny says, let me get, uh, Emma is wearing a, a large sweatsuit, um, which Manny points out, uh, you went to visit 
Shaquille O'Neal, all you got was his running suit. To which Emma responds, Shaq is ginormous. May responds, yeah, that's the joke. Um, to which Darcy comes up and points out that it's a gabillion degrees in here. Um, exactly. And Fahrenheit or Celsius? I don't know. Um, and then they point out just how skinny she is, and she like yells at them. Oh. I'm giving Basil belly kisses because she's close enough. And I'm seeing I... a lot of Basil, not seeing a lot of Dahlia. Dahlia's like doing her rounds, like um. Because the she was she was watching the lawnmower situation from the cat tree, and now she is roaming. Um, she she has motivations that are outside of just laying in my lap sometimes. Um, but Basil, this is around the Basil time. Basil occupies my lap and stays very close to me during these hours, and then Dahlia takes over in the evening. They they take turns. Yeah. Um... So uh, oh, the Shaq joke. Uh, also, the Shaq joke. I brought up a uh, classic 2009 tweet of Shaq get, with his butt being too big for the Knott's Berry Farm <laughs> attraction, because <laughs> that was how we were coping with this. I was just like, "Hey, Frank, you ever heard about Shaq's tweets from like early Twitter era?" <laughs> um. He, well, Donnie, can I ask you? Have you ever heard of Shaq Fu? No. The Super Nintendo game about Shaq? No. <laughs> it is. Oh, that sounds horrendous. That name sounds horrendous. What? Like, did he? Who taught him Shaq Fu? Why is it called Shaq Fu? I don't know. Like, this is the this is during the time when basketball players were just like, I'm sick of just being in basketball games. I want to be in other games. There's a Michael Jordan platforming game. Um, where you throw ice and fireballs at people, which is literally just basketballs. Oh, that uh, sounds amazing. I want to play that. I'll see if I can find an emulator for it. Um, the other is um, somebody made... Uh, so Charles Barkley just made a straight-up basketball game called Charles Barkley Shut Up and Jam. Then somebody made a uh, RPG sequel to it called... Charles Barkley, Shut Up and Jam Gaiden. Um, My and God. Where, like, I think, I forget the storyline, but I think Charles Barkley uh, performed what's called a chaos dunk and, like, threw the world into ruin. <laughs> it, what? It's, it's fucking ridiculous, and I want to play it. I just got, I haven't found the time to. Damn, that sounds amazing. Um... So, yeah, uh, Darcy and Shantae are immediately like, like, we were just kidding. <laughs> and Emma runs out of the gym. Um, and Hazel is, um, we cut to the three girls um, at the mall. They're shopping. Um, and, like, Hazel's. Uh, chose an outfit to Paige. I couldn't really see it, so I can't really comment on it. Um, to which Paige says, cute, sassy mix of conservative color and edgy military, to which Alex responds, it's gray. Paige hates gray. What about this? And <laughs> Alex, my, my favorite part of this is Alex is wearing a gray shirt. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, um, 
I'm sure they've had a conversation about it. Um, uh, Hazel uh, asks asks Alex if she can afford the clothes. Um, And Hazel responds like, uh, and Paige calls her out and Hazel responds, I'm sorry, fashion is definitely what Alex types does well. And Alex responds, my type? Lesbian, you mean? Yeah, the the jumps the the jumps being made, and then you're like, oh oh no, and he's like, no, not that, and you're like, okay, maybe 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 this will be okay, and then and then and then he's like, no, it's because yeah, it, what was it was like your style impaired, you can't fucking afford shit, and I'm like, man, that's not good either. Um. And, like, Paige is still trying to, tr- still trying to make nice. She's like, here, the shrunken blazer has your name on it. And Alex responds, I think it might be a little too shrunken for Hazel's body type, gimme. Um, and Hazel responds, you and a blazer, spare me. I'm just going to read this verbatim, basically. Mm-hmm. Alex says, do I take Chelsea? Tell me, how long have you wanted to kiss Paige? Hazel, gross. That's your thing, not mine. Paige, guys, stop it. You're embarrassing me. Hazel, and BTW... Paige used to be straight until you came along and turned her gay. Alex. Ugh. What? Okay, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm through a plane nice. And they start throwing clothes at each other, which, look, if you're going to fucking, if you're going to throw down, keep the, keep the damage to a minimum that, like, to, to your bodies, not to something that somebody's going to have to clean up. I've been in retail long enough. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, you summoned Dahlia. She's here now. Oh, sweet baby. Um, security guard comes along, and um, Hazel says, Alex started it. Alex is like, <laughs> responds in the just normal teenage kid fashion. No, I didn't. And Paige, <laughs> Paige has just basically left. <laughs> like, yeah, Paige is fucking over it. So mad. <laughs> which, honestly, I would be too. <laughs> yeah, I, man, I would have been pissed. But also, I don't know. They are so. I had like such anxiety watching that happen because in my head, and maybe this also speaks to like the year that I'm watching this, but I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, there's fucking, even if they're just mall cops, I was like so scared that the violence against them was going to escalate in some way instead of just like pulling them apart from each other. But yeah. I was relieved that that was not the case. Um, so Emma and the Peter and Emma and the Peter, Emma and the devil's son are jogging. <laughs> and I don't yeah. mean Hasselakos. Hasselakos is not the devil. She just basically birthed him. Um, so, uh, Um, they like he makes gross comments towards her yeah like being behind and looking at her ass things like that yeah um and she she says they can't date anymore um and she's like, I want to go out with you, Peter. Don't know why. I really do. But Peter responds, it's Manny, webmaster of the Peter Stone Must Die website. Why does she still hate me so much? 
Once again, sorry, once again, it's another fucking male character in this fucking show who is not taking accountability for what they fucking did. Like, both him and Snake are like, well, I feel bad, and I'm, I've decided I've apologized, and now everyone must love me. It's like, no, dude, that's not how it works. You don't get to assault somebody and then be cool. And, and you know, I'm not going to say... I'm not going to say either way. It's up to a, the person who has gone through the situation if they forgive someone. Like, you know, if Manny decided to forgive Peter, then, yeah, that, that would be on her to do. But, like, Manny hasn't made that decision. Manny hates his fucking guts, rightfully so. So, like, why... I just, I'm so tired. And and this also happens in person, like in, in real life too. Like people being like, well, I feel bad. Now you must forgive me. It's like, no, if, if you're demanding someone to forgive you and demanding someone to welcome you back, then you're not fucking ready to be, to take accountability. Yeah. Um, that's a far better way to put it than I did. <laughs> um, so, Emma, like, Emma kind of says, like, she has too many worries on her plate, and, like, she's done with this. Um, we cut to her house, where she's coming downstairs, and Manny hands her a sandwich. Um, Emma responds, I don't have time for your girl interrupted today. Which, oof. Yeah. Um, and she also makes her makes a response that Manny's the winner of, the five-time winner of the Golden Grudge, which I guess is a play off Golden Globe. Yeah, uh, which is also funny because I feel like Emma holds a grudge like nobody else. Yeah, when she wants to. Yeah, um, like I think, yeah, when she wants to. I feel like Manny, Manny, whenever she has an issue with someone, and I think this also is just like the thing that makes me so sad about Manny is like whenever Manny has been pissed off at someone, she's been totally justified in feeling that way. Like she, she had every right to to be upset about Peter. Especially because Peter has taken no accountability. Peter's still allowed to go to school. She still has to see him. Like, she has every right to be upset and activated all the fucking time and pissed off about him. Like, she had every right to be angry at Craig. She had every right to be angry at so many people. And, like, to see it being dismissed as just, like, a grudge makes me so angry. Yeah. Um, So Manny points out that she found... Uh, Emma's food diary um, and they get into it. Oh my God. I can hear Dahlia pur- purring. <laughs> um, Oops. Uh, it's fine. It's much better than the lawnmower. Uh, yeah. I'm so sorry about this lawnmower situation. Not your, not your fault. It's not like you're running it in your living room. Um, <laughs> um, there's fucking Hank Hills out there <laughs> doing his thing. Um, I'm actually working on a video called uh, Bill Daltrieve is a Victim of Toxic Masculinity. That is correct, and I agree wholeheartedly with that thesis. Um, so Manny says, I found your food diary. You're not eating, and those protein bars, they're props. You're hiding them. Then she reads some horrific things. Like, I haven't lost weight in three days. I run twice as much and still nothing. I can't eat. My body makes me sick. It's rebelling against me, just like everyone else. 
Yeah, like that's also the thing that's particularly like ah about this situation is it's not even like oh she walked in she read because I feel like what ends up happening sometimes is like that she walked in she saw the journal and like there wasn't really anything updated to it, but in this case it's like it's also being treated as a diary and it makes the whole entire situation even more harrowing because it's like not even just like oh like I've noticed you haven't really been filling in very much in your diary no it's like no I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you are going through it and it's tough yeah um and this honestly feels like the most real the realest best friend thing I've ever seen on this show like because the like this is how best friends fight like mm-hmm. what they, they when they're like okay you're you've pissed me off to a point that I'm just gonna fucking go for the goddamn jugular in yeah. one felt swoop. So um, Manny threatens to show it to Spike, and then Emma says she's dating Peter, and um, that's why she's stressed out, um, and she was scared of Manny finding out. And Manny just says, like, you can kind of just see the, like, you can kind of see the concern flush out of Manny. And she's like, says, take your stupid diary. I don't care anymore. You do what you want because we're through. I'm sleeping on the couch and tomorrow we can talk about me going home. That fucked me up. Yeah. Like, the fact that she'd be willing to go back to that nightmare show over staying here with Emma is terrible. And also the fact that, like... I don't know. It's just like, I, I, I understand Emma's going through something and that, that has its own issue. And it, it's just like a really complicated thing to kind of talk about. And I don't think I'm going to nail it correctly, but Emma obviously does not deserve to go through an eating disorder. She does not deserve to go through the strife that she's dealing with, but it's very hard to see that she has created a circumstance that is so unsafe and so um, upsetting that somebody who is trying to escape a fucked up situation now has to potentially leave another fucked up situation. Yeah. I feel like that's the most sensitive way I can kind of say it is that it's, it's very upsetting that this is the circumstance that, that they are dealing with right now. Yeah. So, um, um, fuck, I actually just got an idea for a new manuscript. <laughs> Write it down. We can take a pause. We can edit out the time. Write it down. Well, I can, I can keep going. So, uh, yeah. Um, Manny okay. or Peter, uh, meets Emma outside the school and is like, I got all your messages. Um, <laughs> and um, she just zooms in for a kiss. Yeah. And you know, this, we've seen this Emma before. Like, it's like, I'm t- it's time to spite date. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Manny says like, whoa, look at the happy couple. Um, and Manny basically says, um, tells tells Peter, keep track, maybe you can keep track of whether or not she's eating, because I'm done. And Peter's like, what was that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Emma responds, saying she's crazy. 
Um, and apparently Snake and Armstrong are talking about her. And Emma decides to deflect and says, we have some flaunting to do. Yeah, it's just terrible. It is. Um, and you know what else is terrible? <laughs> throwing what? away fo- throwing away food that your pretty that your girlfriend gets you. Um. So we cut to the cafeteria where Alex is like, "Look, I got you your favorite." I went and picked it up at the security. Let us go. Um. And Paige is giving her the cold shoulder, and Alex is like, "I worked really hard for this. Please talk to me." Um. And, um, whatchamacallit, um, like, um, <laughs> like, Alex is like, look, I, like, says, I tried, that's got to count for something, mm-hmm. and, uh, Paige, Paige is still ignoring her, and Alex says, I just care about you, Paige says, great job showing it, and then throws the food in the garbage, <laughs> It's, yeah, it's, it's tough. You know, it's funny, like, now that I'm, like, we're going over this, it's just how, like, even how food, even not within the context of the, um, not even in the context of the, like, eating disorder plot, like, plays such a big part in these episodes. It really does. And I think food in general plays a lot of, a huge role because even like think about like in in general like you have a setting like the dot they're probably eating food of some sort in the dot like they're they're, they have scenes in the cafeterias and things like that like i mean food always societally has like a huge role but you kind of realize how much eating and food are set plate pieces for the show in this moment well i was gonna say like with like it's shown as a way of connecting in, this, mm-hmm. in these in these episodes, like when Snake comes over, he brings, you know, his vegetable masuka. When Paige or when Alex wants to reconcile with Paige, she um, she brings uh, some kind of cake or whatever. And then like when all three girls, um, when all three girls uh, reconcile, it's with oh, it's over coffee. Um, yeah. It reminds me of a like it reminds me of the themes in a certain podcast, but there would be giant spoilers to bring that up, so I'm not going to. Probably a good idea. Yeah. Um, so um, Peter ugh, um, and Emma are at the dot. They order like Peter orders them a hamburger and ketchup, and a hamburger and ketchup, a hamburger and and French fries, and he tries to say to the waitress. Like, I need some ketchup, and she just ignores him. I would have loved if she's like, I've heard of you. <laughs> um, Get your own damn ketchup from the counter. Um, and Emma jams a bunch of fries into her pocket, and Peter's like, you know, uh, falls for the ploy. And um, they're walking down the... Uh, Walking down the street, he goes to hug her, and he finds the fries in her pocket. Um, and he's like, why do you have fries in your pocket? And um, she responds, it's a little snack for later, just like in Napoleon Dynamite. Um, and Peter is weirded out by this and leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, 
at Alex's locker. Hazel approaches her, and both of them uh, kind of, like, talk about how Paige isn't talking to either of them. Yep. Um, I and... feel like that they're both being punished, though. Like, I, I appreciate that it's not a case of Paige kind of, like, taking one side in this. Like, I appreciate that Paige is like, you both fucked up. You both got to figure this out. Like, I feel like it, it, it very easily could have became just, like, ostracizing one of the girls, but, like, <laughs> Paige doesn't roll like that. And I also like the fact that the two of them start bonding over how stubborn Paige is. Well, that's the thing. It's, like, I actually think that, you know, obviously, like, yeah, you're right. They don't have the same interests and things like that. But, like, I think they speak a lot to what Paige values in a person, and that's what I really like about it, is yeah, that... Yeah. They both embody a certain personality type that Paige is attracted to and likes. And that's why, like, you know, she she has, like, this deep relationship with Alex. That's why she's been best friends with Hazel for years. Like, she needs somebody who's going to butt heads with her and not just have her, like, you know, walk all over them. And yeah. I think that when you have a strong personality type... You, you know, obviously you like people you can, you, like, I feel like it's very natural to like to interact with people you can walk all over, but at the end of the day, the ones, the relationships that are going to last in that situation are the people who are equally hard-headed and are going to call you out on your shit. And I think that Paige, whether consciously or subconsciously, has gotten two of those personality type in her life and she values them, but it also means when they screw up, they screw up kind of spectacularly like this. Yeah. <sighs> So, um, Peter approaches Manny in the library and says that, like, he's kind of read the signs and thinks that, um, uh, Emma is suffering from anorexia nervosa, um, and he insists that he come along and, um, he insists he comes along and helps, and he's like, help me all you, hate me all you want, Emma's my girlfriend, you can't stop me from helping her, don't even try. Too little, too late, and that doesn't make you a good person, Peter. Yep, it's true. You uh, are not, you have been dating her for, like, what, a week? Right. Like, In the grand scheme of things, they haven't formally been dating very long and things like that. It's just, I and, and you know, I understand that he's worried. I understand that he wants to have a part of this. I understand. I understand. But whether intentionally or not, this line just comes off super manipulative and super controlling and further reiterates how he does not feel bad for what he did to Manny. He, he's acting like he's been victimized when yeah. the truth is he victimized her. Yeah. Um, so, um, whatchamacallit, um, um, meanwhile, we go to the mall, um, and Alex and Hazel sit down. They both have coffees. There's a third coffee set up, um, and they are at a standstill for talking. Um, they're not fighting. They just don't know what the fuck to talk about. Um, and as they are having this issue, Paige comes over, um, and she's very tentative toward the premise of this. She is, you know, she says straight up, like, I'm not going to be a monkey in the middle. Once again, I really like this piece of it. I like that we see a character who has no interest in having to be a point person between their friends and their partner. Because I think a lot of people end up that way. 
we all have a friend who had a shitty partner and nobody wanted to hang out with them. And then like the partner, that part, that person took it upon themselves to be like a point person between the two. Um, and I love that Paige is like, no, we're not fucking doing that. I am not fucking doing that. Um, so they sit down and well, she sits down and she snipes about how like she, she, um, doesn't like sweets um, to which Alex points out, like, no, you do. You totally do. You had, like, three slices of cheesecake last weekend for our anniversary. <laughs> By the way, it's a two-month anniversary, and the fact that these two have month anniversaries makes me so happy. Um, and and Hazel is like, no, she doesn't like sweets. I told you. And, like, they have a fight, like, a mild, like, tiff about it. And then it escalates to them flicking whipped cream at each other, to which I must reveal um, a couple weeks ago, I did a Degrassi drinking game with some some people. We shuffled up a bunch of episodes, and this episode actually came up. Um, and I was watching it with friend of the show, Jazz, and the second the whipped cream went flying, Jazz just shrieks, will somebody think of Hazel's hair? Why are you doing this to her? And I can't stop thinking about that every single time I see the scene now. I think about, like, the... The fucking chaos that throwing a bunch of whipped cream probably wrought to her hair. Yeah. Um, so Emma uh, walks into what's very clearly an intervention. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 and they bring up they bring up like everything that's been going on, the mood swings, the hiding of food. Um, and like Emma does the, you know, does the kind of classic behavior of, she points out like all their flaws, mm-hmm. um, says to Peter, you take advantage of drunk girls. You are the drunk girl. And last time I checked, you were making out with his mother. To Snake. Nothing mm-hmm. for Spike, because Spike is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I could have stomached if she said anything at Spike, honestly. Yeah. Um, so, um, Emma tries to leave. Manny blocks the door. Um, Emma blames Manny for all this. This scene mm-hmm. is excruciating. It really um, is. Um, Emma says it's like she's kicking Manny's sorry butt out once and for all. Manny uh, is trying to get her to stop. Um, and Emma says, you're supposed to be my friend, Manny. I can't even trust you. Manny says, I am. That's why I'm trying to help you. Mm-hmm. Emma starts gasping um, and starts saying she can't breathe. And she falls backwards, and um, Mr. Simpson starts yelling for Peter, call 911. And it's terrifying. Um, It's very harrowing, and, like, if you're somebody who has seen someone, like, who knows if people truly bottom out? It's always hard to tell when, when you have bottomed out, but watching someone spiral like that and watching them lash out is always very difficult. Um, especially if you yourself have lashed out, it's like really tough to watch someone else do it. Yeah. Even if it's fictional. Um, 
So then we get to hear about how much this food fight escalated. Mm-hmm. Because Guest uh, is in the security office. All three of them. Yeah. Um, and Hazel points out she jumped over the counter for the whipped cream canister. Um, Alex is laughing, saying, if all those German tourists hadn't gotten in the way. Um, and Alex responds, you were throwing biscotti pops. How do you make a biscotti pop? I'm very intrigued what a biscotti pop is. Because biscottis are very hard. Like, cake pops I get. But right. Like, like a biscotti pop, it's like it's like a jawbreaker at that point. Yeah. Um, so, quick tangent before we finish out this up, finish out the summary. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, whatchamacallit. Uh, my sister and I, when we were younger, we worked at McDonald's. And I, I forget, I think Susie was planning to quit. Um, and she said, like, on her last day, we should have a food fight. Now, for those who don't know, the way the McDonald's, like, back room is set up, and I'm pretty sure it's still the same way, is you have, like, all the condiments on this long table thing, and there's, like, two sides of it. Um, and, like, there's a very specific way you assemble all the sandwiches. And the way we were going to start was basically, like, I was going to grab the little onions, like, the little, like, Yeah, onion the little onion bits. Yeah, and, like, throw those at Susie, and then she was going to throw some pickles, and then I was going to, like, grab a handful of the larger onions and throw those at her. And then we were just going to grab the, like, okay, so for the Big Mac, the uh, fish sandwich, and for the chicken sandwich, the mayonnaise, the special sauce, and tartar sauce come in these guns. They're basically, like, caught guns, but they, like, shoot out, like, you know, big things of, like, the, the sauces. And we were just going to grab those and start firing at one another. <laughs> but then Susie got cold feet and we didn't actually do it, which sucked. Damn. So, but, um. But it's a fun thought. Yeah. Um. I, I, but other than that, I never wanted to be in food fights. But I think we've already I had a food. I have a sensory nightmare. Yeah. Uh, though I do remember just how fun that one food fight was. Oh, from the series? It's so jubi- jubilant. Yeah. Um, so, um, we cut to Emma in the hospital. Spike says that she had a panic attack brought on by starvation. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Spike says... She can't come home. And, um, and Manny pleads of her, like, you need to stop doing this. I don't want to see you die. You can't do that to me. Mm-hmm. And Emma responds, I'm not, no one's going to die. I'm going to try and beat this. I'm going to try and beat this. And that's where we close out. Yeah. It's, um, it's tough. It's, I don't know. The, um, I think what's good about this one is where I feel like the Craig hospitalization stuff was very fast forward, like fast forward. And we didn't really get the, the arc, the journey of it. This one feels a little bit more like this will be potentially, hopefully, open-ended. 
because it's not being framed as an endpoint. It's being framed as, yeah, she has to work on this shit, but that that acknowledgement means that hopefully we can see the journey of it. Because I think that as a, as a writer and as somebody who has gone through fucked up shit, um, I feel like what I'm always craving from stories, what I'm always longing for in stories in which characters have gone through tough shit is really not what, seeing the tough shit. I don't necessarily need, want, desire to see a character go through heavy shit. What I do want to see is what it's like afterwards. Um, I want to see, I personally want to see their their triumphs and tribulations with trying to take accountability for shit, with going into treatment, with learning how to live with the labels that happen and are given to you through diagnoses. Like, that's the part that I think is genuinely interesting. So I'm hoping that the way that this is framed, it, it it's going to be something that we're going to see talked more about in a more frank sense, especially because she is... She's starting a journey at the end of this episode. Yeah. And fingers crossed, they we actually get to see it. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give this an A minus. Um, what would have what would have brought it to an A plus is if the snake spike stuff was handled better. But just the complete unraveling of Emma, kind of just. I'm going to knock it down to a B. Because um, as much as, like... Because now that I'm thinking about it, now that I'm saying it out loud, like, that this is Emma having to unravel, it's just, like, I'm still... I'm still struck by Degrassi being like, no, like, girls don't get to have fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also... It's a tough one, because I think that there's two ways of looking at it, right? There's the... What is this like as an episode and then there is what is this like in the grander narrative of Degrassi as a series and as a piece of media and I think that your grade with this type of episode is going to be a little different when you look at it from those two different viewpoints because as I think I think what you're saying here and I I don't I you know I don't grade because I I have weird bias but like I think to feel like it was an A minus when it stands on its own but as a it's a B in the grander narrative of Degrassi feels right well, the, the th- my thing is also, it's just like, I know we say, like, um, like we, we've brought up how, like, the girls just get, like, slammed so oh. b- badly. But, like, is it, like, part of me is also, like, is that the show or is that just society? So it's just, it's hard for me to, like, kind of, it's hard it's for me to find. Egg. Yeah, so, so I'm going to, I'm going to say A minus standalone still be in the um, grander scheme of things. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, so we'll um, I'll move on to character rankings. Um, Manny gets several bumps up um, for this. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, Manny is just getting put through the fucking ringer for her, like for being Emma's friend. Mm-hmm. And she still, like, remains true, and I'm not sure if that's something I want to keep happening, but it's just, like, Manny's a loyal, kind-hearted person, and it's, this is, this is kind of how that happens with people like that, and people like Emma. Mm-hmm. Um, Emma, uh, 
I don't want to knock her down for this happening. Um, but she's going to bump a step down for how she treated Manny. Mm. Ugh. Mm. I'm going to leave her. I, actually, I'm going to just leave her where she is. Cause mm-hmm. as much as I know, that's her normal personality. She is suffering from something. So yeah, it's, it's really hard to come down on Emma. I, this isn't a. I'm sorry. No, it's it's hard because like what she's doing is still not great, and I think that these are habits that she has developed long before this situation. But also at the same time, you can't deny that she is dealing with it. it it's not a black and white issue. Like there's not a, a wrong party here. Like right. You know, um, Spike gets to uh, bump up for a bunch of spots for being a good mom and. You know, for putting, for standing her ground against Snake. Snake gets to just bump down a bunch of spots because he's just a shit. <laughs> like, he's just a shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey gets to bump up a bunch of spots for having the sense to continue to date Diane um, and trying. I know he's not good at what he does. He tried. Uh, Diane is just wonderful. Um, Mr. Ellis is. Uh, He's great. I hope we get to see more of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Peter, there's no redemption for you no matter what you do, so fuck you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, as I said before, there's no redemption for him until Manny says there's redemption. She still hates him, so he still gets to exist in amongst the uh, the rest of the shitty men in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, who else is in this episode? Uh, Paige, Alex, and Hazel, you know, for working it out. Uh, Alex and Paige, or Alex and Alex and Hazel are bumping up a bunch of spots, but Paige is rising above all of them for just being like, I'm pissed at everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not playing favorites. You're all dead to me for the moment. <laughs> um, who else we got? Um, is that it? Yeah, I mean, because oh. you have to remember the B plot was basically part of the A-plot the first half. There weren't that many characters. Darcy and Shantae get bumped down two spots each for body shaming. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Okay. Um, now let's move on to recommendations. This is when we recommend media that we're either just enjoying or we find to be related or whatever. Um, I... I've struggled with finding media relating to eating disorders that I've been able to really recommend. Um, I know when I was younger, and I think I brought this up before, I read Winter Girls by Lori Hulse Anderson, who also wrote Speak. Um, and I remember enjoying it, but I definitely read that when I was very young, well, younger. So I don't necessarily know if I would recommend it now. Um, but I do know that that has been considered one of the better YA showings of this topic. Um, in terms of what I am enjoying media-wise right now, I just finished up rewatching Top Chef, um, which I've been doing intermittently because, like, I've been working from home. Um, and it's fun. I mean, it's weird sometimes, and there's some bias and things like that, but I think it's one of the stronger competitive-based reality TV shows you could be watching, um, and I don't know. It's fun. I'm having a good time. 
but and I'm playing Animal Crossing and writing, still writing and reading way too much Fire Emblem fanfic. So you know, my recommendations can only go so far. But that is what I've been enjoying. I oh, I think I hit said something at the beginning that I was gonna recommend. Oh fuck, now I remember what I was gonna recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been watching. I started watching a anime about farming, about a farming school called Silver Spoon. Um. <laughs> It's made by the same people who made Full Metal Alchemist. Um, so just really cool character designs and really just crisp, clean uh, animation. Um, the main character is not a farmer. He just wanted to go to a school where he could board away from, I guess, his past. Um, I watched the first episode, and it's just such a... It, it, obviously, like, you know, there are major issues in the way we deal with animals and livestock, but it is interesting about, like, the, the way farming is done. Yeah. Um, so I just, I think, I think that is interesting. Um, and also, uh, I'm going to recommend, um, you know, I'm going to recommend the, uh, the works of Devo. I've been listening to a lot of Devo lately. Um, you know, they, they wrote some great songs besides just with it. <laughs> That's true. I've been working in a coal mine, I'm going downtown. Working in a coal mine, what? I want to slip down. Basil, Dahlia are intrigued. Gut feeling is really good, beautiful world, just a lot of good hits. Nice. So, um, I think that means you've made it through, Frank. This was a hard one. This was tough. This was tough. But hey, we had each other, and that's why we do this podcast. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns for us, you can always email us at ihopepod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on social media at Facebook with our group, I Hope I Can Make It Through Podcast, as well as Twitter at ihopepod. Um, if you want to support the show, there are two ways you can do it. You can back our, you know, give us a little coffee on our coffee account. Um, any money that we make goes toward tech upgrades, um, compensating guests, et cetera, et cetera. Um, or you can just leave a rating and or review. Once we hit certain thresholds of ratings and reviews, we start giving back through a variety of ways that we've talked about, which I really should make tiers of so I can keep track of, so I don't have to just listen to old episodes. Um, but we will give you bonus content after a certain amount. And thank you, everybody, who has left ratings and reviews so far. I actually don't know how much we're up to right now, but fingers crossed we'll get to one of those soon. Because um, we are home and we need activities. Um, also, thank you very much, everybody, who's been supporting the show. We're actually getting close to our anniversary. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll probably talk about it more extensively in a different episode. But definitely want to, right now, give a big thank you and shout out to everyone who's been supporting us for downloading, for listening, for um, hopefully enjoying yourselves day in day weekly whatever whenever you listen to it um it really means a lot um if you want to talk to me on twitter is probably the best place you can find me um i'm on twitter at dm is unbreakable um i mostly am posting fandom stuff i will gladly talk about degrassi at the drop of a hat um and the two big things that I am trying to promote right now are these two zine projects I'm working on. Um, I have the Rest Day zine, which is about to um, come out of pre-order, which is a PDF zine, which is a collection of fic writers, as well as a couple artists from the Fire Emblem fandom writing stuff about various characters 
having rest and relaxation. And the purpose behind it is that all of the proceeds that we're making go to the Feeding America COVID-19 Response Fund. Um, and I'm super happy to announce that we, we broke a significant number, which is 1,200. So we made one person, one stimulus check worth of money on this. But um, obviously- That's incredible. Yeah, it's wild. I still can't believe it. We made a stimulus check worth. We actually made 1,500, but it's way funnier to say 1,200. Um, but it's very, very successful. I'm, I'm really happy about it. But if you want to kind of take it as a chance to send in some last second donations, um, it would be really, really great because I am very excited to make this donation thanks to the help of everyone kind of coming together in the fandom um, just to try and help with food scarcity because that's a very real issue that is happening during this whole entire pandemic and is going to continue to be an issue. So thank you everybody who has been supportive of that. Um, I also got Cherished Zine going around, which is a uh, Fire Emblem zine dedicated to Didu and Dimitri and their relationship. Um, and though those proceeds are going to be going to NAMI, um, so it's going to be supporting um, education and resources and support for folks who are dealing with mental illness. So yeah, so those are my two big things, my two my two big babies. Um, there's one more thing I would like to, I, I want to promote, but I feel like Frank should be the one to promote it because it's it's his baby. So I'm going to pass it over to you. Um, I'm, uh, excuse me, uh, our t I have another podcast called Teen Girl Talk. Um, it is where my sister and I cover other teen topics that are not uh, Degrassi. Um, this month we're covering all of High School Musical, uh, the first three films as well as um, as well as Sharp Bay's Big Day Out, I think it's called. Um, and if you check out our extra, we also have on Thursdays shorter extra credit episode or shorter episodes that we call Teen Girl Talk Extra Credit. And if you check out last week's extra credit episode, Donnie was on there talking about uh, his uh, his experiences doing a High School Musical actual live performance or not, like putting on a play. Extra episode. What? What is this? A crossover episode? <laughs> yeah. Um, I also have some other stuff. I have Wattpad and a uh, YouTube channel in the description. You can check those out. Uh, that's about it for me. Yeah. So that being said, everybody, we hope we can keep making it through and that you're going to be there with us. See you next week. Later. Make them see the gal they broke out on the floor from you don't want no worthless performer. Uh -oh. From you don't want no man we can't turn you one gal. Make them see a hand them up on you. Uh -oh. Can't turn pony long na eat na yam na steam fish na no green banana. Uh -oh. But down in Jamaica we give it to you all like a sauna. Well, I'm on the way to time code. I wanna be keeping you warm. I got the right temperature fish shelter you from the storm. Oh Lord, girl, I got the right tactics to turn you on. And girl, I wanna be the papa you can be the mom. Whoa-oh, whoa-oh Shake that thing, shake that thing 
shake that thing. Miss Gonna Gonna shake that thing. Miss Annabella shake that thing. Young Donna Donna, Jody and Rebecca. Woman get busy, just shake that booty non-stop. When the beat drop, just keep swinging it, get jiggy. Get crumped up, percolate, anything you wanna call it. I'll sell it your hip and don't take pity. Me want to see you get live on your rhythm when we